I'm sports attorney Luke Fedlam, and welcome to the Protecting Your Possibilities podcast. Each conversation, we focus on sharing information and having conversations around how athletes can best educate and protect themselves or their life outside of their sports. Welcome, everybody, and thank you for joining the Protecting Your Possibilities podcast. I'm your host, Luke Fedlam, and I am excited to have with me today a friend of mine in our corporate area at the law firm that focuses on intellectual property protections. Nor Bagger, how are you doing today, Nor? I'm good, Luke. Thanks for the invite. I'm happy to talk about this. Absolutely. I'm so happy to, uh, to have you here today because intellectual property, trademarks, protecting an athlete's brand. I mean, these are questions that we deal with all the time. And whether we're talking at the professional level and the clients that we work with on a regular basis around how to best protect their brand, their ideas, um, and, and their endeavors from an intellectual property perspective, or if it's you know college athletes that are starting to think about the potential changes coming with name, image, and likeness and how they can protect their brand, these are issues that are critically important. So I'm glad that we have a few minutes to talk today. So I just want to jump right in and know why don't you just share with our listeners a little bit about kind of what you do um, just broadly in the IP world, and then maybe just get into some specifics around what exactly is a trademark, right? Oftentimes we we kind of see the, the TM or we see a, an R with a circle around it, around these brands that we know. What exactly are trademarks? So just a brief description, right? Trademarks are a variety of things. They can be words, they can be logos, symbols, slogans, et cetera, that are source identifiers of a brand. For example, if I were to say right now, the slogan, just do it, immediately in your head, you're going to think of Nike. It's identifying the source. They're super important because they help brands grow and they help customers and consumers know who the brand is and how it relates to them. For example, you know, when you see the encircled R as a trademark, that's on the, registered on the federal level. When you see a TM, it's still a trademark. It just does not have the same protection because it's not federally registered. But they're both trademarks and, and they're both a variety of resource to companies who use them. So, okay, so this is good. So source identifiers, helping brands grow, right? This is exactly, um, you know, the kind of things that, that athletes need. And, you know, you and I work on this on a regular basis, but I think it'd be great if you could share some of the ways in which athletes, you know, both current athletes, but then also uh, retired athletes, ways in which athletes are using trademarks to help protect their brain. A lot of the times, you know, athletes are using these trademarks for their brand as it comes to, and this is usually what we see, but it's for, you know, as an athlete is for their apparel, right? It's for things that they are doing in concern to them as an athlete. So apparel, you know, charity work, different programs, and they want to protect those trademarks. So they're creating their everlasting brand, right? They're, they're slapping a logo or a name on a, on a shirt or on pants. They're working with, you know, sponsors and they want to license out those trademarks. But trademarks aren't only just effective for the athletes, but also for their business ventures, right? You can take mm-hmm. it, you know, you're, you're working with other people, you're starting a company and you want to protect that company and the services you're offering under that company. Trademarks are so versatile in that way that it's always good to have one to protect yourself, right? As a person, as an athlete, but also as a business person. I think that's such a great analysis because it really does come down to protection. And oftentimes athletes are the business, right? And so when you think about that as a business um, and you're in the business of being whatever, a celebrity, a professional athlete, 
Uh, people want to purchase things that have your name and or logo uh, attached to it or that you're associated with. And so there's this aspect of, you know, making sure that we protect the brand of the individual. Um, so a nickname, a name, a phrase that relates to that particular player or a logo that represents, you know, the player in, in a visual format. Protection for those areas are, are critically important. But then also what we see to, to Norris point is a lot of times there are athletes who also are starting businesses um, and launching, you know, other whatever service or product based businesses that from a business perspective, that business wants to protect its brand. And so like the, the Nikes and the Coca-Cola's, et cetera, of the world, you know, we want to make sure that those brands that that athlete's creating, because there's going to be value just because of the athlete's association and affiliation with that brand, making sure that those brands are also protected. So that's, that's good. But one of the things I know that comes up a lot is I'll have people that'll say to me, like, I, I want to protect this particular nickname or this logo, and I want to get a trademark. And then I'll ask them, what do you want to use that for? And they're not exactly sure. They just want general protection. I know it really comes down to classes of goods as it relates to protection. So can you explain a little bit more about what that means? And when you're applying for a trademark, what exactly are you getting that protection for? Right. And that's a great question because, you know, you and I talk about this all the time. We have athletes who come and they say, we want to trademark this word and protect it for everything. And we go, well, wait a second. That's not how it works. Let's explain the process. So when it comes to the United States Patent and Trademark Office, when you're registering a trademark, you have to be very specific as to what you're registering. And the reason behind that is because, you know, they don't want people having a monopoly of trademarks protected in, you know, 20, 30, 40 areas when they know someone isn't going to use it in 20, 30, 40 areas, right? What's the point of having a trademark that also covers, you know, quote unquote, bird feeders, if you're not going to use it in that area? So you register a trademark when you're going to use it for specific items. You know, for example, one of the classifications which Luke was talking about is class 25 for apparel. And unfortunately, we can't even register it for broad enough apparel. You know, you have to be specific of what you want to register it. So if you're going to do apparel, what kind, right? Clothing, headbands, sweatshirts, jackets, pants. The USPTO, the United States Patent Trademark Office, wants you to be very specific because again, you're protecting your brand, but you have to be specific as to what brand you're protecting, right? Exactly. What are you offering the consumers? Yeah. And I think that's, that's really important because when, when you think about that U.S. Patent and Trademark Office, when you have a mark that gets that registration, it's that federal protection, you're protecting that name and you're getting that protection in this entire class of goods. So if it is, you know, class 25, if it's clothing and sweatshirts and and t-shirts and things along those lines for your logo, no one else can come out then with that exact same logo without your permission. And so they want to make sure that you are very, very specific about what it is that you are seeking protection for um, before they provide that, that level of protection. So, so that's, I think, really, really helpful to, to think about. When we're talking about this idea of protecting an athlete's brand, you know, we're, we're in this unique time right now, right? Where College sports, many conferences are starting to cancel fall sports. And what that does when we think about athletes who are transitioning potentially to play professionally, it could move up their timeline of deciding, you know, some football players are saying, well, I'm going to go ahead and start training for the combine and declare for the NFL draft next year. And since I'm not going to be playing football this fall. And so that kind of moves the timing up of, on a lot of things in terms of protection. I'm just you know, curious from your perspective, as you and I have talked and worked on different clients, 
you know, what are some of the things that athletes who are starting to transition or planning to transition into the pros, what should they think about when it comes to kind of protecting their intellectual property? Right. You know, we've had this conversation. It's it's a different world and we don't know how long it's going to last. A couple of things that these college athletes especially can do to protect themselves is, you know, fast forward that process, you know, instead of waiting until, you know, a month or two before you think you're going to declare for a draft, start thinking about this, you know, six months earlier, seven months earlier, thinking of your trademark, right? Thinking of what your brand's going to be if you're going to be a professional athlete, right? What do you want it to symbol? What do you want to create underneath it? You know, work with your marketing folks um, to create a logo or a name that you both like, um, that you're going to be known for, right? Because these are the things that you're going to sell your apparel or you're going to run your services under that you're going to license to, you know, brand deals later down the line. You're going to want to start protecting yourself early on. So that way, when the time does come, you have all your ducks in a row and it's just sign and go. Yeah, I, I think that's absolutely spot on, right? There, there are things that you want to think about in terms of what your brand is, right? What, what do you want it to evolve into? What is it that, that you want to be known for, right? Because again, when you talk about this idea of source identifiers, what do you want to identify you, right? And, and so athletes, I think, need to, to be able to, to have those, those thoughts around, you know, is there a particular nickname or, do I think down the road, I may want to have a clothing line that has my name in it, right? And I have a unique enough name that I want I want my name to be the brand of clothing because I have an interest there, right? I mean, so many brands already have people's names in it, right? Whether it's Calvin Klein, Tommy Hilfiger, and go on down the list, Eddie Bauer, whatever. You know, it's this idea of thinking around what I want my brand to look like and to be. And when you start to become a celebrity, other people want to try to figure out how to leverage your celebrity for their own success. And so having the right intellectual property protections in place can oftentimes provide a level of protection um, so that someone can't just take advantage of you on those regards. So thinking about that then and thinking about this notion of kind of protecting yourself and thinking about what you want to be, you know, one of the things that we've, we've had conversations about is just like domain name protections, right? And, and this idea of protecting it. Can you share a little bit uh, about that and, and this, the notion of why would you want to do that? And why would you want to kind of have a domain name protection in place? Yeah, right. Great question, Luke. So a lot of the times what we see happening is athletes are thinking of domain name, right? And that's usually later in their career. They're thinking of obtaining their literal name, their first name and their last name. So www. for example, norbaher.com. And a lot of times they're doing this, you know, their senior year or their last year, right before they're going to declare professionally. And they're realizing somebody else has taken it. And, you know, you and I both know if you look at a domain name right now, they're relatively cheap. You know, you can get them anywhere from $10, $15, $20. They're not expensive. But what happens are people, and there are a lot of them, watch college sports, even high school sports. And they look for people who they think are going to go pro. And they obtain their name as a domain name early on. And so that way, when these athletes, you know, are, are ready to go pro and they don't, you know, they're not asking legal advice on this. They're trying to sell back these domain names to these athletes for $20,000, which is obscene, but it happens. And so the earlier you can go and try to protect your name, your whole name and get that domain name secure. Again, it's very cheap to do so. But once you do it, you're protecting your brand down the line. Because more likely than not, you're going to use your name to identify your brand. 
Yeah, I think that's spot on. And what we see is that a lot of times there are people who will look at like for basketball in particular, middle school, high school, right? The AAU team names, McDonald's, All-Americans, et cetera. And they'll just buy them up um, and own them and then try to sell them back to the player uh, when the player goes pro um, or has something else, you know, kind of celebrity worthy happen to them. It's just ridiculous, right? I mean, it's just one of those things, again, where we want to make sure that players are protected. And that's a very simple way of getting kind of what you want and just having the foresight to do that in advance. We're always running out of time in this podcast, but um, but we've, we've spent a lot of time talking about trademark protections. Do you want to just share with the audience a little bit around what the difference is between trademarks, copyrights, and patents, right? So those are kind of Three areas that a lot of people think about when they think about intellectual property protections. People are sometimes confused as to what protection is what and and what do they get from protecting from having a copyright or from having a trademark or a patent. And they're all different. So could you share a little bit about what those differences are? Yeah, of course. I'll go over it pretty briefly. So, you know, as we discussed, a trademark is a source identifier. So, you know, it's the it's the words, symbols, it's a brand. A copyright is is more of an idea put onto tangible source. For example, you know, a book. If you're creating a book and you're a, a tell-all or biography of your life, that's going to want copyright protection. If you want to transition your career at some point to being a singer or you know some sort of artist, yeah. you know, going to protect your song, your lyrics, you know, through copyright protection. If you at some point are going to start becoming a painter. You are selling your paintings and they're unique, one of a kinds. You're going to try to copyright your artistic, right? So that's what we see copyrights for. It's usually for, you know, books, paintings, lyrics, and et cetera. When it comes to patents, patents are pretty, I would say, the more rare type of IP, but they're one of the most valuable types of IP. And patents are really used for goods. What it is, is somebody comes up with an idea of how to create something or how it can help. And they obtain a patent for that. You know, a lot of the things that we use every day, I, I don't remember correctly, but, you know, the mechanical toothbrush, the automatic toothbrush, something so simple, I believe, has over a dozen patent protections to protect every movement, every different thing, because you have a unique product. And so in general, those are the broad three, you know, IP. But what we see, especially with athletes, are the trademarks and the copyrights are the most used and the most sought after. Yeah, thank you for providing that primer on intellectual property. It was um, that I mean, th- those questions come up a lot, and I just wanted to make sure you know our our job here, my focus with with this podcast is really to try to just educate folks. And um, and thank you, Nor, uh, just for all of your comments, but but for that kind of rundown of of intellectual property generally, because um, it is helpful. And and when you think about uh, from an athlete perspective, yes, trademark is probably one of the, the more common that we see. Copyright comes into play when they are creating um, things in written form and, and doing other things oftentimes for their business um, uh, and sometimes for themselves as well. Patents, again, something highly technical, but nevertheless, we have athletes who have created inventions and come up with new products, new works, or, or have participated in a business that's doing that. And we all oftentimes work at the patent level to make sure that they're protected as well. So. Noor, thank you so much uh, for joining us today uh, for this conversation. It really is an important conversation to have. So thank you for taking the time to come on today. Of course. Thank you for having me. 
Absolutely. And thank you to our listeners. Again, that's Nor Bayer, one of my colleagues at Porter Wright who focuses on intellectual property protections. We work closely on, on many athlete um, issues that arise. And uh, again, you know, you want to make sure that if you've got that, that name that you want to protect or you've got an idea that you want to protect or, or a logo, um, you really want to make sure that you have the right trademark or other intellectual property protections in place uh, to protect you and your possibilities into the future. So again, thanks for joining us and we'll talk to you again soon. Porter Wright, Morrison Arthur, LLP offers this content for informational purposes only as a service for our clients and friends. The content of this publication is not intended as legal advice for any purpose and you should not consider it as such. It does not necessarily reflect the views of the firm as to any particular matter or those of its clients. Please consult an attorney for specific advice regarding your particular situation.